What's up, everyone? This is Go Long with Dunn and Monas, part of GoLongTD.com. Thank you so much for listening. Greatly appreciate you taking the time. Uh, a lot of Tua talk on this podcast, a lot of Dolphins talk, Buffalo Bills, New England Patriots, New York Jets, taking a look at that AFC East. And also Jim Monas has a take on those Houston Texans. Yes, they're in rough shape. You may have noticed on Sunday. Uh, as always, this podcast is fueled by our friends over at Fatty Beer Company. Make sure you get on into a fatty location near you if you're in Western New York. Get the Advent Calendar one beer per day. And there's some fantastic beers at all of the fatty locations. So uh, thank you to Fatty and thank you to everybody for drinking some fatty beer this time of year. Uh, we were there Sunday for a blood and guts gathering. Awesome time. Uh, also, if you're in Western New York, be sure to get on out to Mister's Bar and Lanes this coming Sunday at three o'clock. I'll be there with Blood and Guts. If you'd like to buy a signed copy, I would greatly appreciate that. And uh, yes, upgrade GoLongT.com and, and get everything we have to offer. Our series on Tua Tonga Viola is up now. We've got a lot in the works. I think you're really going to enjoy everything we have coming down the pipe. Thank you so much for listening. Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Go Long. Wherever, however, thanks for making this part of your life. and listeners this is tyler dunn here with my esteemed co-host jim monis we're both on the road a lot jim so i'm in massachusetts right now a short drive away from gillette stadium at jake and joe's sports grill um they were kind enough to let me post up for our our podcast we're a little, coming to you a little later you know because i had to drive out here for a story <laughs> which and you, you were out in Vegas doing XFL stuff, but where there's a will, there's a way. The people need our takes. They've just been jonesing for the takes. So here we are. Good to see oh. you, man. Man, it's good to see you. That that place just screams cold beer. It, you kind of fit the setting. It, it looks good. It looks, it looks right. You look like you belong there right now. You know, this is a great spot. So, like, when I was at Bleacher Report and I was – covering the Patriots out here for a few stories. I came here, it was right across the Marriott property, which is something else now. I don't don't know what it's called now, but I actually got a dinner here with James White's family. um, Before, Oh yeah, North Carolina right back? uh, Wisconsin, James White. I'm in Wisconsin, I'm sorry, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Do everything, yeah, yeah. You know, super super tragic what what happened to his family, Uh, but Horrible yeah, they're story, un- right? unbelievable, unbelievable crew. That's right. So, yeah, it was Tyrone White uh, was in a car accident with his wife, Lisa. Tyrone tragically passed from it. Uh, but, yeah, they were they were amazing. We got into James's life and football and everything. I mean, Tyrone was a cop uh, for a number of years. So we had so many stories. But, yeah, it just felt, felt right. I had to get back here. It's a good, good spot, good people, good times. And if we're going to podcast and uh, talk about week 12 in the NFL, let's do it here. Although you just paused. Your face just froze. 
So we'll see how this internet holds up. Can you hear me, Jim? Yeah, I can hear you, but you're, yeah. So I'm, there you maybe are. it's my connection that's unstable then. Okay. All right, we're oh, good. We're good. In my, let's, yeah, because, yeah. Let's keep rolling. Well, we're going to give it a shot. So, all right. Uh, GoLongTD.com, series up right now, two a time, two parts, about 12,000 words. Huge thank you to all the Miami fans uh, who subscribed, blown away by your patronage and, and joining the Go Long community. It's, it's great to have you. And I think, like, even if you're a Dolphins fan, not a Dolphins fan, I thought that this would be a topic really worth diving into because you know, Tua is a quarterback that was in just about the worst possible situation that you can draw up for a young quarterback. I don't think we really knew it at the time how bad it was. I didn't. I don't know many people did. With Brian Flores and the, the offense they ran and, and how he was treated, how he felt about himself. And to see what he's doing now as, as an MVP quarterback, um, his numbers are unbelievable. 18 touchdowns, three picks. He hasn't lost a game that he's finished. Uh, tough as hell. We all know what he went through with the head trauma. Yeah, there's other factors. I mean, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Mike McDaniel. But that's kind of part of it. Like the, the, the system and what they did for him um, tangibly and intangibly is a huge part of the story. And I think that it just goes to show – your quarterback needs confidence. He needs to believe in himself. Tua was a prodigy out of Hawaii. He, he, he's been known as this unbelievable talent at the quarterback position forever. And he goes to Alabama, and we all know how that career started. He comes in the middle of a national championship game in Atlanta against Georgia, throws the touchdown to Devontae Smith on second and long. It's, we've seen it. We've seen it. Like, it's there. And to just lose it, you no, know, he has a hit, an injury that's ended careers. And as people will read uh, with the series, Brian Flores, I mean, the head coach, to just so actively and aggressively seek a replacement and make it known publicly in so many words, but absolutely privately in team meetings, teammates I talked to, basically said, yeah, the, the, Tua just didn't have the support from the person that he needed the most support from. So um, I, I think, yeah, there's a lot of football stuff in this series, Jim, where this trainer, Nick Hicks, who's an unbelievable personality, just electric. I mean, he's a serial right, entrepreneur. He cr created yeah. this cookie empire down there. And <laughs> has, uh, our readers have heard from him. He's trained Devin Singletary, Dalvin Cook, uh, Lynn Bowden Jr., all, all these guys down in South, South Florida. He was just like the perfect person to enter to his life at that time where he needed that positivity. He needed that energy. He needed like an equal to just kind of push him in different ways. So there's a lot of on-field stuff. Like Nick uh, was able to increase his distance by 21 yards in four weeks. They, were, they worked on all these different throws. And with this program that he created, it was actually a baseball program that he quarterbackified. Uh, it, he, tangibly, the, the results are there, but I really think the story is intangible and, and just how a, a quarterback can lose his confidence. And as we saw in the CBS broadcast of the game, it was noted that Tua was looking in the mirror and asking himself, do I suck? Like he, he lost it last year. And Mike McDaniel is pulling up 700 clips 
of Tua making great plays just to try to get him believing in himself again. How you get from point A to point B, I think, is one of the greatest storylines of this whole pro, pro football season, Jim. Yeah, I think it has to be because it's kind of what we learned going through. When I say we, I'm talking about kind of you and I going through the whole Josh Allen kind of progression in his quarterback journey where we were quick to say, wow, this is, this doesn't quite look right. And then you just saw the improvement and the toughness in Josh Allen, you know, work, 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 boom, he hits. Tua, on the other hand, and this is why I was always, you know, we talked, I feel like we've been talking about Tua for every time we do a podcast. And, but we were, we kept saying, I know I was in, but I always said, I'm reserving judgment. Let's let it, let's let it play out. He's coming off a major injury, you know, entering the NFL. That's hard to do. Let's give it time. Then we find out the situation. And we've talked about this so many times, how that matters. Situation and coaching matter. He wasn't getting it. Here it is. Here's your team. We loaded you up. Here's a coach who believes in you. I, it, it, there's so much good from this story that talks, like we're saying, coaching matters. This is part of it. Just show them that you care. You'll get everything out of them. And I just, and Tua, Tua didn't even play that well this past week, by the way, against Houston. That was, they kind of, yeah, we'll talk about Houston maybe a little bit later, but Houston kind of just spotted them 24 points, which never happens in the NFL. Um, I don't even know what to say. And then the Dolphins, that's a hard game when you go up 30 nothing at halftime. It's hard to even stay in it. So Miami just got through that one. But hit, what Tua is doing on play actions right now, he looks like he's played in this offense and he is so comfortable with what they're asking him to do. It's like what we always say, do what he does best. I think that's what McDaniels did. He really studied Tua to say, okay, this is what he can do. Let's do it. And, and the deep ball thing got way, way, way. It's just that thing took on a whole new life. I, I, you know, you don't have Joe Burrow doesn't have the strongest arm either. I mean, it's not the end of the world. That was like the second week of May. This clip that gets nearly seven million views put <laughs> out by the Dolphins point. account, and it. I remember seeing it for the first time, and I'm like, what is so magical, and and what is so polarizing about this clip i mean two is in a bucket hat it's freaking otas takes a couple drops chucks it up to tyreek and everybody lost their damn minds i mean it just goes to show how much of a freaking cesspool twitter is it really is i mean the worst of the worst of humanity just refreshing their timelines all day and just puking takes that don't come from a place of knowledge whatsoever it really is the dredges of, of humanity is really what, what you run across. I'm, I'm really try, I'm trying to stay off the, the website. It's, it's awful. It's poison. Um, so I can't yeah, imagine being, I, I can't imagine being a tool where it's like, shit, you just threw a no. pass in a practice. 7 million people are, are talking about it, seeing it. It's the number one storyline. And Oh, by the way, that same off season, it was two months prior with Nick Hicks at Perform, you're increasing your distance. You're increasing your velocity. You are turning that corner. You already need to turn. So I think that's what helped. Does he kind of see those results day to day and to see that he was getting a stronger arm? And I agree with you. It's, it was so overblown, but he did improve no, it. He did improve it. Right. He worked on it. He and worked on whatever. I think that's why like it didn't really even bother. I don't think it bothered him that spring. 
you know, you heard by the summer, he had a big throw to Tyreek Hill and a inner squad scrimmage. And that one kind of went viral too. And he kind of poked fun. And then in, in the middle of this season recently, he poked fun at his deep ball. Like he's in a place where he's feeling himself and he's good. Like say whatever you want. He doesn't, he doesn't give a shit, which is what you need. As, as Hicks I'm, said, he doesn't, he doesn't give, he doesn't give an F word. Like he, he's in a place of total just confidence. His swag is off the charts and Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, Jeff, everybody is kind of in that place. Yeah, they've become certainly the team to pay attention to um, with the defense coming around a little bit. You know, they weren't tested this week. You can't gauge the Houston Texans, but the defense does seem to be coming around. And that that is what will, you know, at least take Miami, to take Miami seriously, seriously, you know, to make a run at the Super Bowl. I think that defense will have to show up, but they do have, they have talent on defense. It's not that the players aren't there. A question for you, Jim, like, so I think a big, another big element of this series is Tua, he kind of had this elite trait within all along. We just didn't really see it right away. We saw Patrick Mahomes' improvisational magic and just running around, making plays, doing whatever he wants. Lamar Jackson, the the elusiveness, Josh Allen throwing it through a brick wall. Right. Like Tua, Teddy Bridgewater he pointed this out. Like his anticipation is is like off the charts. Like it's rare. The fact that he yes. knows where to go with the football before anybody really. Like and, and and then you put the accuracy on top of that. And in his words, you don't how do you stop it? How do how do you stop it? So he just needed the right players, the right system, his confidence back. How how difficult is it? So for those who are just new to the podcast, Jim was a scout for the Philadelphia Eagles, the New Orleans Saints, director of personnel with the Buffalo Bills, now director of football ops in the XFL. So you've studied the position. You've been around Drew Brees, Donovan McNabb. You go through all the highs and lows in Buffalo. How How hard is it to find a quarterback with that anticipation? Because – you know, we brought, we talk about Tyrod a lot on this podcast. You had Tyrod, got a lot of gifts, right? Athletically, toughness, leader, all that. That that might have been something that he he lacked that just ability to see to see the game a split second quicker. Drew Brees, who you were around, he he had it to the extreme. Um, as you're scouting, how hard is it to figure out which quarterbacks can anticipate where the receiver is going to be and when he's going to be there? No, it's that part of it to me isn't hard. That's part. I think that is the stuff you can see on tape and from talking to coaches. And, and it all correlates. When you hear a coach say, look, he gets it. He sees it. He makes checks. Like coaches will just start rattling off everything before you ask them. Like he'll do this. He'll do that. Check, check, check. Then you put the tape on. And when an offense just clicks and moves at a certain rhythm, that to me is a sign that that quarterback gets it. He sees it and is delivering the ball. Um, the opposite of that would be Zach Wilson, who we've talked about every week. How what, I say it every week. He doesn't see anything. He's just staring. Tyrod, Tyrod used to do that when he first started for, in Buffalo. He, I always felt like he was staring. Like it, People are like, man, he's so calm sometimes in the pocket. I'm like, yeah, that's a fine line. Sometimes he yeah. might just be like, I'm not sure. But he, wor- he became – Tyrod did become – we didn't get a real chance to see it with the chargers, but I think he was trending that way um, to, to work on his anticipation. Yeah. Like Geno Smith. He seemed to Gino, find a way to another, his yeah. career. Yeah. 
Those it is something that can be learned then. I think we, we assume but, you either have it or you don't, but to, maybe you can't Tua did it. that. I, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't ever remember there being too many questions on Tua coming out of Alabama as far as anything we're talking about. I mean, the anticipation was always there. The accuracy was there. The toughness was there. You know, now he's just putting it together. I think the question, though, is, okay, it, it looks like he has it, but he's also at Alabama. We've got five stars all over the place. Right. Like, is it the case of a quarterback just being in a clean pocket and receivers breaking That's... free from cornerbacks by 10 yards? I mean, I think at some point I probably wrote it. Like, that was part of the reason I liked Jordan Love a lot, that last year at Utah State, is he was forced to improvise and run around like crazy that last year because because he's got one stars and two stars and the pocket mm-hmm. is just a mess. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's so many ways you can look at this, but what we, we probably didn't, what all of us, viewers, media, whatever, didn't emphasize enough is that hip injury. Like it took him a oh. long time. Uh, like it's and a real, said, yeah. he lost 60% as a rookie. He, he, yeah. he was just he, falling over when he tried to run. It just, he was a, physically that first off season, they just needed to physically get him right. And that's a major part of his game, as we see. Like, he is fearless, you know, and even against Houston, he was taking some awkward, violent-type hits and falls again that, you know, it's kind of exaggerated now. Every time he gets hit, we're watching to see if he's okay after what happened. But he, I think really that's going to be the key for him is staying healthy, you know, and continuing. He, he, did, he got away with some dropped interceptions against Houston. Like, he didn't. It wasn't a clean, clean game. That score looked way different than, like, when I literally tell you Houston handed them, like, they didn't need to play the game. They could have said, hey, let's just skip this one. You guys can have it. Because that's what they did anyway. But I'm not talking about the players. I'm still going to say it's the Houston front office, not the players. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Tua, this, this, this part of the season now is going to be intense for all the Dolphins. Like, Waddle, Hill, they they haven't been in this situation. Well, Hill has, but these guys in Miami haven't been in this. Now that all eyes are on you, you're not. You're going to be hunted now. You're not sneaking up on anybody. We know you're here, so now you got to make it happen. This is where Josh Allen and Mahomes. This is where they elevate. You know, they start to elevate their games. Lamar Jackson, Burrow, they're all getting ready to. You know, Herbert, they're all getting ready to elevate. So two is going to have to do it too. Yeah. At San Francisco, at the L.A. Chargers against, by the way, Justin Herbert, who oh. yes. Flores made it pretty clear that's who he wanted, and who knows who else wanted him. And then at Buffalo, and who knows what the weather is going to be like in late December. Good. It's it's the gauntlet. I mean, th- we're going to learn a lot about the quarterback, about the team. I yeah. think at San Francisco, you've got a lot of reunions going on. Maybe our listeners yeah. caught it. Kyle Shanahan. Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, a lot of emotions at play, as uh, folks read. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think that – I think they at least – they'll win one of these three. I think, they, I think they win two. I think they win two of these. I'm not sure which two, but I think that they're built personnel-wise to win a different way if they need to. I think that Jeff Wilson has always been a lot better than he's gotten credit for. Uh, he's running hard. I, if it gets cold, I feel like they'll be able to run. And if you can just run a little, 
Hill or Waddle one-on-one, I mean, if, if Tua can recognize when they're in that one-on-one, see it. Like, the, the defense is a question, right? That, that's still an unknown. Uh, but it's not – I will say this. It's not it's – not, it's not terrible right now. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't say it's a strength yet. Right. It's not, it's it's not, not a weakness. Like a, yeah. It's not a weakness either. They're, it's playing well. I will say I want to pay attention to the offensive line, though. I do want to watch how they hold up here when these games get real. You know, when you're playing the playoff-type defenses like Buffalo, like San Fran, who are going to get after Tua, because that's where his lack of size under pressure could show up against some of these defenses. Although Von Miller out indefinitely, that's going to be a big loss for Buffalo. Wow, we didn't even talk about. I know we didn't get into that yet. That's yeah, not to that's switch worth, gears, but I mean that that could be the difference in that game, right? I mean, hey, you drafted a lot of guys in the first and second round. If you're the Bills, now you need these players to be yeah. game wreckers. Rousseau, Boogie Basham, Epinesa, Ed Oliver's played well, better than I. I, I thought he, he shows up. I've said he shows up. He's he's a, he's a good player. He just wasn't a first rounder. So he's more of a second. If you took him in the if you took him in the third round, you'd be thrilled. <laughs> wow, I think there might be listeners thinking, well, "Jam is an he's a, he's a, I mean, he shows up. He makes a couple plays. He's not a. You don't notice him down. He yeah. doesn't for a top ten pick. You don't notice him dominate game. That's the problem with how we all consume football. If a guy like busts through the line and, and makes one big play, we assume he's. He's getting it done. Like, yeah, he's of I've course seen, he's worth all the I've money. I see Tim Settle. Tim Settle makes as many plays that the, you know he shows up to me as much as you know. I see yeah. the, you know I, I see guys make. Got to your point. Guys can make splash highlight plays. Yeah, I'm always equating value. You know, that's just the. I look where he was picked. What's the value? You know, it's like we talked about with Najee Harris, and doesn't mean they're not good players, but you're not getting the value of where you took those guys. Miami, Buffalo, with where both of these teams are right now, who's in better shape to get hot, get healthy, Wow, go on a run right now? Tell me, give me Buffalo's secondary right now. I mean, they're, now they're, they got illnesses, everybody's banged up. Yeah, it's a mess. Injury-wise. I'm concerned about Buffalo's secondary against yeah. Miami. I am. I am. I'm officially, that. I'm officially, like, I, you know, I'm always – Buffalo's fine. Buffalo's fine. But if Von Miller's out, Trey White, I, that one's a little bit touchy. That Trey White situation seems a little interesting to, to, to put it mildly. There seems to be a schism, maybe a little, a little harsh. Yeah. But it's pretty obvious yeah. the team wants him to be out there and the player is not ready to be out there in full. But he did dress. He did. I mean, they're, they're working him back. Clearly, so maybe they've reached some sort of agreement on a pitch count. But it is weird, right? That is, I mean, yeah, you, I, you, I you were in the game. Like, when a, when a player is coming back yeah. off of a reconstructive knee surgery, is, is, it, is it a difficult conversation between player and team? Yeah, they have to, they do have to, they have to trust it. Once the player trusts it, it still takes time. They, everybody says it takes, like, he's really not going to be himself until next year is how it was always described to us. Like, he can come back. He's going to play this year. He can come back and be good. But t- to get to where he wants to be, how you know, it might not be till next year. So, but I agree. Interesting was a good way you said that. 
it's interesting. Um, but I guess to, as a to business, your point, they want to get they want to get the bang for their buck, right? They they sign them to this deal. I at, at times I try to think of both sides where the team that they want to get a return on their investment, right. they want a really good player to be on the field whose replacement isn't playing well, right? I mean, Dane Jackson, Mari Cooper, it's been rough at times. Yet, obviously, it's we make no bones about it. We're a very player-friendly operation yeah. here. These are the players that are sacrificing their bodies and their brains and their future long-term health. Hell, yeah, they should be looking after themselves. If you read part two of our Tua series, Raheem Mostert opens up about his knee injury and the torn cartilage and the fact that the San Francisco 49ers wanted him to return from that injury. And he saw that he was going to be a free agent in the spring and said, no, I'm going to do this right. I'm going to get wholesale surgery. And he took it all the way into training camp until he really was able to get back on the field. And he's not himself again. And he said he's still kind of working his way back, but he's in a much better place now than he would have been otherwise. Very honest in our conversation on multiple levels. Um, so I, I, yeah. I, tend, I tend to think the, think the game through that lens where we don't know. We like only the player knows what they're going. Only the player knows. So it would be... I, I, I tend to think the Bills just kind of have to play Trey White's game here. He's so valuable. You need him. Like, ease him back. Just ease him back. But you, you sure as hell need him against the Tyreek Hill and the Jalen Waddle and Miami Dolphins. Like, and that's the thing. But it, it, in a few weeks, like, he better be good to go because it could get ugly otherwise. Or maybe six feet of snow just dump on Orchard Park and everybody has to run the ball. That would be that would be so. I, I I said every year. See, I, I flip it. I think the automatic thing every year is Miami should play in Buffalo in September. Buffalo should always get to play Miami in December in Miami. That it should be a rule. Just no, let it. I see. No, no, no I yes. don't like that at all. The elements, yes. Jim. Jim, this is a we're, we're very bloodsy and very gutsy on this podcast. So you either get on board, you get the hell out. No, you got to get somebody else here at Jake. It's not Jones. fair. Anybody? It's not fair. Elements. You can't. You have to let. You have to let staff. You have to <laughs> let employees get down to Miami in December for that trip. <laughs> I know that's true. That's true. I just I, I remember that it was around this time the wind game. And I've never seen you more distraught than when we did a podcast after the win game. That was about as angry as I've ever been because I was (laughs) angry at myself for gambling on it. I was angry at everything. I'm like, the Patriots stink. They just want a game because we played in a tornado. I can't take that when I just, it's just, I'm so glad we're doing, by the way, we're doing this podcast while the Monday night football game is going on. So I'm not watching it. But I can't thank you enough for setting this up tonight because the little up I saw Matt Ryan was, man, it was ugly. And Troy Aikman made a comment that he thought the Colts were going to be, you know, that was one of his teams he thought was going to be really good this year because they signed Matt Ryan in the offseason. And I just, I, I want to say, hey, Troy, you could have listened to Go Long two years ago 
um, since our anniversary, the go long anniversary is around for you, Tyler, you set this up about two years ago. You're part of it, baby. That's right. Um, oh man, I know it's, it's great to be a part of it, but we, one of our first things we said, it's Matt Ryan done in Atlanta two years ago, we were talking about it. Now, now they're just back. It, it's just incredible that people don't really study these players, these quarterbacks. It's it's a fatal flaw right, that's my for Chris Ballard and the Colts, the fact that they haven't been able to find a quarterback post Andrew Luck. Like it's it's yeah, it's difficult to watch. You're right. Just, I, I wanna I wanna just Circus. drive this knife into your abdomen just a little deeper and twist it a few times, Jim, if you can humor me. The Patriots and the Bills engage in a football match about this time last year, fourteen to ten. Mac Jones completed two of three passes. For 19 yards for a QBR of five. Oh. Oh. Uh, they ran they ran the ball 46 times for 222 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Janu Smith led the receiving with a catch for 12 yards. And remember, the, the Patriots handed the Bills a touchdown. For whatever reason, Bill Belichick had Nikhil Harry returning a punt. He hadn't done it, and he fumbled it. And that's, right. that's how the Bills scored. Uh that was the game, too, where it seemed like the, the head coach, Sean McDermott, was a little flustered after. Uh, Reference to the offense and their inability to finish drives. I had heard that that did create a little animosity behind the scenes. It, the Bills, after that game, they were 7-5. They were and five. I believe it was the next week that they lost to the Bucks, right? Let me just pull that up to make sure. That's inc- You know, Tyler, yeah, I forget so that that was their record. Yeah. So they're seven and six and losers of four of their last six. God, five of their last seven back to the Jacksonville game. And it was that second half. I mean, against Tampa Bay, they turn it on and the schedule gets a little lighter. Carolina, New England again, Atlanta and the Jets. But um yeah, I mean, they curb stomped the Patriots twice. So I'm, I'm out here in New England. I guess if I'm going to tease uh, why I'm out here, we've got a profile cooking. Check it out. Go along TD.com. Sat down with a player today for about an hour. I think you'll greatly enjoy this conversation. This gentleman had quite a bit to say. But, I, you know, the this AFC East, I guess we, we've kind of been rambling on and on. Are you saying that Miami isn't a better place then? And Buffalo, and does, does New England scare you at all? Do, do the Mike White-led New York Jets enter the yeah, enter you have to show up. So you have to show up. You have to show up to beat the Patriots. You do you do have to show up to beat them? They're they're a good football team. They're not a. I just don't think they're good enough to threaten for you know Super Bowl. The Jets, you have to show up. Um, have they have weapons on offense? Defense is real. I, you have to show up to beat those teams. I'm still not. You give me Mac Jones and Mike Wade, I'm not, you know, I'm okay. Like, I'm not, you're still not, you're not hitting the big four, my big four. Owner, head coach, GM, synced up, quarterback. I got to have those four to, to be serious. There is a massive variable that we've omitted here, though. The elbow. What Josh Allen are we looking at right now? I mean, they should have lost to the Lions. Or easily could have, I should say. And he made the throw. Look, 
that was a all-time Josh Allen right. vintage right. game-winning throw to Stephon Diggs. <laughs> and he, but you can see, like, he's not just snapping at sidearm. Yeah. A flick of the wrist where he can just arm strength-wise just, just yeah. zip it in there. It's it's not there. He Even that throw was kind of laborsome. It's a little more over the top. It's like every ounce of his strength. And then afterwards, you see him with Diggs on the sideline, big hug. You can – it feels like emotional, like it's spiritual, like he's leaving it all out there and mind, body, and soul. And you just wonder what he's really going through. Like his superpower in a way is greatly affected. The arm strength. It's going to get oh, colder. You just... It's going to get windier. It's going to get tougher. They, the offense is not as creative with Ken Dorsey as it is Brian Dayball. It's not. Um, it's not coming as easy as it's come in the past. They're 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 work. They've got to kind of grind out these games. Look, Browns and Lions. Hey, as we say on this podcast, collect your wins. Make no apologies. They won those games. You can't take that away. Yeah. yeah. Now you've got my you got Miami around the bend. You've got New England this week. It's gonna be a little. It's gonna it's gonna be tougher to win the way they're playing right now. I think you made a uh, great point. Look, look what happened to Aaron Rodgers this year. He's been playing hurt all year, Tyler. And you see the effect of I'm trying, I'm joking around out here. I was trying because <laughs> you knew it was going to go to the injury thing eventually oh, yeah. with Aaron Rodgers. You called that. But um, off ramp to IR. But, but I agree with you on Josh Allen. It looks a little different. It looks different. Yeah. The snap, I do agree. I don't see that snap that we're used to seeing. That being said, <laughs> They wouldn't put him out there. I promise you they wouldn't do that. There would be no – he's not doing anything right. to damage himself, his career, or the team. That wouldn't be going on. And even him as a runner, you want him out there. He can run for 70, 80 yards no a game in his sleep. No so, but I and, think it's and, worth paying attention to. You're right. It's worth paying attention to. Think about how windy, how windy that damn game was against the Patriots. <laughs> I mean, if it's 50, 60, 70 miles per hour wins, if it's, if it's insane – that arm strength, if it's not what it was before, it's going to be tougher. And they're going to have to run the ball. They're going to have to get a little more creative, think outside of the box and some of the play calls. Does it just seem like there's not really much rhythm to the play calling of a game? And there is a play where Jared Goff, like, out of play action, did like a semi-roll right, and it was like a backside tight end came across. It was – Mm-hmm. Just, just like a, a a wrinkle of creativity, and I'm at my at Gina's family for Thanksgiving. We're all watching it, and her uncle John he he made the point. He's like, "That's the kind of play you don't see in Buffalo's offense, right? Just 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 a little wrinkle. Doesn't have to be like a flea flicker. Doesn't have to be you know uh, the annexation of Puerto Rico to make right, a little right. it's, it's it, just yeah. like a little. It's just a little wrinkle, and there just haven't been a lot of those." With Dorsey and the Bills. I agree with you. The biggest thing for me was the tight end position this year. I don't feel like I noticed it as much. I, I don't I always thought Dawson Knox was gonna take another step. Like he seemed pretty good. Like he became seemed like he became pretty reliable for Josh Allen. Um obviously he went through that tragedy this year and that that has to be I mean, who knows how that oh. weighs on somebody. Yeah, so that could be part of it too. But I, I agree with you. It's not that offense. It's just like you know they're putting up 
it seems like they're putting up 40 no matter what. They're they're working for their points. They're working. It seems like they're working for their points, which is that's fine. It's the NFL. And it tells you how good Buffalo's offense has been. Yeah. No, it's true. Like if you can just find a way. It's gonna get tougher yeah, to find a way without Bond. There's Miller. a lot of teams. There's a lot of teams that would be okay with the way Buffalo, yeah. you know, Houston Houston would take well, bring I'm us home with Houston. Houston now. Bring us, bring us home up. with Houston. Like, why? Uh, so obviously, they're the worst team in football. Worst they're team. Poorly coached, poorly managed, poorly played. But when you watch there this abomination of a team, what comes to mind? Because the players, it's not right to the players that are out there. And I saw it with Jerry Hughes, and I was fortunate to be around Jerry in Buffalo and to know his passion and how hard he plays. And that's not just him; it's pretty much everybody in the NFL. This team has no direction. They're just shuffling in head coaches year in and year out, knowing they're there for a one-year rental. What are you going to do? You're going to so Lovey Smith's going to be there. He's giving you everything he's got. They're going to have the first pick of the draft. They're going to take the Alabama quarterback, great, and hire Josh McCown probably. No qualifications. Now the team's going to be looking around again. What are we doing? I, and there's just so much that irritates me with this. What has what has the GM done? What has Cesario done to show any type of plan? or forward thinking for this team other than patchwork the worst roster you can see right now in football. I mean, that isn't even, I've seen Kyle Allen, the backup quarterback for Houston, which is I've seen him play like at least look serviceable in games, Um, you know, and they played a little better in the second half, but Davis Mills and Kyle Allen, I mean, you're talking about straight backup quarterbacks. That's just not right playmakers I don't see it they, they have that rookie running back who's playing well but he's not a difference maker he's a good player but I just it irritates me to think this guy got his GM chance you know because he was in New England with Tom Brady yeah you know he was yeah. and, and that's and that's how he got the job basically and that's and now they're asking him to create like what has he done I just don't I, I to be honest I don't even know how he has a job right now. I mean it's I mean, I guess I'm salty because we lost our jobs after maybe the best offseason in Buffalo Bills history, free agency and draft. I'll just say it. Hyde, Hoyer. Uh, the kick, Hauschka, the kicker. Hauschka. Um, name the tight ends we brought, the, the free, you know, um, and then the draft. I mean, we. Tredavious White, Matt Milano. Oh, by the way, Zay Jones. Yeah, Dawkins. Probably, Zay Jones, probably one of the best number two. He looks great this week. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. is a rock solid. Yeah, we probably overdrafted him in the second round. He's probably more of a third, fourth rounder. That's okay. The guy's a good football player, which we thought. It is so amazing, Jim. Like I tell everybody who will listen, your your intellect when it comes to this sport, all of our listeners know they listen to you every week. And then you you do see some of the people who run entire football teams, and it it blows your mind how some like it's not only that, right? It's not only somebody like this driving the team into the dirt, but they get fired and they instantly become like senior advisors and some oh, other yeah. bullshit title because oh, one of their right. buddies is a GM with another team. Come on, be, be my consultant. Yeah. Let's go drink at the combine and have fun. And you know, you're, you're you've got job security with me. So what a world. And, that, and that's what I'm saying. And I, I'm always open to criticize when I was wrong on something or we were wrong on something, whatever it is, I'm open to talk about. It. I love it. I just want to know 
some people should be held accountable sometimes. And that when I saw Jerry Hughes frustration on the sidelines, that's when I'm like, this isn't right. I mean, I don't know. I, right. How do those players even want to, I mean, obviously it's, a, it's your job. You show up for your paycheck. How do you, how do you care right now if you're Houston? You're Jerry Hughes and you've been through everything you've been through in your NFL career. And you've come as close as you've come. Like, I mean, we've got the, the, the scene of Arrowhead last year when players were going at it in the locker room and Jerry Hughes was in the middle of that scrum. If people want to subscribe and go along to you.com and click on that story. This is a prideful dude. This was a leader on the team. And now you're in Houston and you're seeing that this is a team with no direction and very little talent and just empty on so many fronts. Yeah. I'd be pissed. It'd be a problem if he wasn't that pissed. Right. It's yeah, it, you're, yes, yeah, and it's just you just know how you know you, we know how hard these guys work for to to win, yeah. and they don't want nobody wants to go out there and be embarrassed. Nobody, exactly. So that that was just frustrating for me to think this. You know, it's just I don't know. Like I just think about Doug Willie goes on interviews, you know, for these GM jobs after you know after Buffalo. And I'm not saying Doug whatever, but man, his resume with that. With some of the things we did in, in Buffalo, I mean, the Shady McCoy trade, Tyrod, we brought Tyrod, you know, how we ended it in Buffalo. I mean, we did everything but get a franchise quarterback. Bottom yeah. line. Yeah. All right, so I'm good. So it, it always, it always comes back. Go on as long as you want. I mean, it always comes down to the quarterback. And, it uh, does. Goes that's back why, to Tua. That's why we talked about Tua as much as we did, Josh Allen as much as we do. I think that I, I, I kind of like what New England has going on on different levels. I kind of like a lot of stuff going on with the New York Jets. But as the season moves along, it's, it's hard to really talk yourself into anything other than two best quarterbacks coming out on top in the AFC East or, or, or any division. But, hey, we'll see. I think Thursday is going to be a close game. Great. I mean, New England has 20 touchdowns this year. They've got some issues on offense, but I don't know. Maybe it's a case of uh, thinking that Belichick has something cooked up for this Bills offense. I always just picture Bill Belichick like in the middle of May, just pulling an all-nighter, like pounding the coffee, devising some like master plan for Josh. Like maybe maybe he did something like that. I don't know. The Bills had their way in the playoffs last year. I picture him. I picture him drinking whatever his favorite red wine is on Nantucket, and saying, "Can you believe we won a damn football game throwing the ball three times?" <laughs> and I can picture him saying, "Let's try it again when we play Buffalo next year." <laughs> hey, that first game. Let's let's just do it again for fun. Let's see how it works. Hey, we, at least we threw the ball like. At least, five to seven times uh, back in class D with the Eagle Eagles. We, we, we worked in a little play action bomb from time to time. No, do what you do best, Tyler. You, if you, if you were the playmaker with the legs, <laughs> you gotta do it. All right. What do you I, say, I Jim? Know. Good pod. Did we bring it? Working no, our way back. I think so. I got, I feel better. I feel better. We're good. Awesome. Tua. Tua is going to be 
all eyes on Tua for the rest of this year. Let's pay attention to that, though, how they protect him. Go long, td.com, upgrade to a subscription. You may have noticed a lot of our takeouts are behind that paywall. So join the community if you haven't. Got a lot of long-form cooking here in New England. Going to be taking some more trips. Uh, I, I'm absolutely thrilled to share uh, the journalism. we got. And, and honestly, if the readers that support Go Long, you make it possible, uh, forever fueled by our readers, Jim. So sorry, go ahead. No, I just want to make sure we, we know we got to get to Fatty soon. Fatty. We need a fatty beer outing. I need some. I need that. They have a they have a beer I wanted to try. I saw on their menu that, that from Dewey Beach, Delaware. I want to get down. I want to get that. So if we can get in there this weekend. Yes. Yes. So yes, it was awesome. I mean, last uh, well, just this past Sunday, I had a blood and guts event there and had a handful of people coming out. It was awesome. And watch some football, drink some beer. You know what they have at Fatty in Orchard Park? I'm sure it's at all the Fatties. Mad Elf. Get your, if you're looking for a Christmas beer, get the Mad Elf. I believe it's from Trogs, Trogs in Hershey, That's in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Hershey PA. Yes. That's where I'm from. Yeah, you know, and I've got, uh, I've got family down there. So whenever they make the trip north, they usually bring some Trogs. Is it Trogs or Trogs? Yeah, or? Trogs. Okay. But Mad Elf was about 11%. So it brought, brought the heat, Jim. 11%er. Uh, Get yourself a Mad Elf at Fatty and enjoy Christmas. (laughs) Thanks, everyone.